You're listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. Notes for today's sermon are available by downloading the GFC Florida app. Welcome everybody at Grace Family Church. I want to start by giving a big round of applause to all of our campuses. We have them in Clearwater, South Tampa, Ybor, Temple Terrace, Carrollwood, Land O'Lakes, right here at the Lutz campus, and then those that are watching online. And I tell you, I start with that with a big smile because in two weeks, Grace Family Church is gonna turn 29 years old. That is exciting. My wife, Kristen, and I have had the wonderful privilege of serving with Pastor Craig and Debbie for 28 of those years. We actually came on the one-year anniversary, and it has just been an amazing ride. And I smile when I say that because some of you go, you don't normally stand on stage. Usually we see you in the lobby and other places in the church. That's really true. I go to all of our campuses and visit, and I love seeing everybody. It's amazing to see what God has done over the years. Um, It wasn't always like that. In fact, I'll tell you, The first time we came to Grace Family Church on that one-year anniversary, we were meeting in one location in a strip mall. In that strip mall, there was a a pizza place right next to the children's rooms. Uh, On one side, on the other side was actually a bar that uh, operated Saturday nights and Sunday mornings. The whole parking lot was filled with beer bottles. And, but you know what was great about it? Even then, Pastor Craig would do these amazing messages and he would just deliver the word in such a powerful way. And just like we do experience today, he, he, would, he would get to that point and you know when the piano starts and the piano would begin to play and, and it was just amazing because you would just sit there and go, wow, God's speaking right to me. And you could just feel something. And you, sometimes you could almost hear it. The sound would just begin and it would just start to build and build and crescendo. There's supposed to be a sound. That's what it was. It was the dogs. You see what I forgot to tell you, there's also a dog kennel in, the, in this uh, strip mall. And every time Pastor Craig got to the altar call, they released the dogs. They went out into their, their free time and they played and they would bark and we would say, ah, it must be altar call time. So when you look at that and you go, wow, God still used it, he did in a big way. Let me tell you why. Because in the 29 years, some things haven't changed. Luckily, the dog's changed, but let me tell you what hasn't. The core value we're gonna talk about tonight, it's called commitment with your time, your talent, and your treasure. And we have been blessed for 29 years at Grace Family Church where people have said, you know what? I am going to grow in my own personal relationship with God in my own time, talent and treasure, and then they've also used that to help bless Grace Family Church with the same things. And we wanna start by sharing this story with you. So check this out. All right. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi. Stem right on through here. Good, how are you? I'm doing well. Hi, my name is Rosalind, and I attend the Lutz campus. My first experiences in church, it was when I was a child. I was born and raised Southern Baptist, attended every time the door was open. Uh, My father was a deacon. I loved church and went to church up to the point where my mother and father got a divorce. And then my mother and I and my sister kind of drifted away from God. I got into an abusive marriage very abusive. About the second year, the abuse started. Then when I was 34, he drank, and I started drinking. Within six months, I was an alcoholic. 
I stayed married to the abusive person for 10 years and finally got out, but I lived in a battered women's shelter. And then I started going to AA again. I'm sober eight years now. And uh, that's where I met my husband I'm married to today. My husband and I, Ray, were married in 1996. I started attending Grace, but not regularly. I met a man named Ken that I was able to tell my story to, and he invited me to Wednesday night Bible study. He also kept me accountable for attending church on Saturdays. Then I started doing childcare, and I fell in love with it. Every Saturday, I was doing childcare, and I do connection every Saturday. And I go to church every Saturday now. Serving has definitely made this make feel like home. I know people. It is good to come in and see the people, and they welcome me and hug me, and they love me, and I love them back. It's just a great place to be. It is never too late to commit. You just got to start. Yeah. I love that line. It's never too late to commit. You just have to start. And that's what's happened over the years. We have been amazed how people have just said, let me get going. And they've used their talents and their gifts to really not only grow their own relationship with Christ, but to bless others. When you hear Pastor Craig talk about in the, in the what we call the bump in that video, and he says, we're trying to create a movement. We're trying to reach Tampa. And to do that, it's not just one person. It's all of us using our gifts and talents to really share the love of God in a neat way. And so tonight I wanna to give you just a very practical teaching on how we can do that, not only personally, but how it applies to the church. So open up your app, take your outline out, and let's begin. With the first point is real simple. We're gonna talk about your time, and that is you need to grow you. You need to grow your relationship with Jesus Christ. One of the best ways to do that is have a consistent Bible time or time with God every day. It could be reading the Bible. It could be prayer. It could be worship like we just experienced, or it could even just be a silent time of meditation. Many times when I've talked to people about this, they're like, I wanna do that. I know God wants me to do that, and he does. But you know what's so funny? They think that if we do that, it's for God. And honestly, a quiet time is for you because God wants to pour his promises into you. He wants to pour his character into you. He wants to share with you the things on his heart. So when we spend time with God on a daily basis, it's so that we will grow more like him. Now, I know this can be intimidating because some people are like, I don't know how to read the Bible. Well, if you have your Discovering Grace book on page 41, it has a great reading plan that if you haven't started one, Try that one. If not, there's many out there and find out if there's one that really suits you. Another one that gets a little intimidating is prayer. People are like, I don't know how to pray. I don't know all those big words. I'm just gonna make it really simple for you. A prayer time is just a conversation with God. And in your notes, and they're gonna put it up on the screens as well, as I, I, I said, why don't you just share with them the four things that when I do my prayer time, this might just give someone just kind of a template of how they can do it. And if you look at it, it's real simple. Number one, I invite the Holy Spirit into the day and I put God on the throne. And what I tell God is this, you can have it. I don't wanna be in control today. I want you to be in charge. Number two, we also st I start by saying, God, start with me. I want you to help me grow. So start with my words, my thoughts, my actions. I can't pray for anybody else because I, I can pray for them, 
but I can't control them. So the best thing I can do is do the thing I can control and grow myself in that area. The third thing is I do pray for people. I pray for people and situations and I activate my faith and say, God, can you work in this situation? And I believe the best that God is doing something in that person or in that situation. And then the final one is a tough one for some of us and including myself. I ask God to help me to forgive because there are things that are gonna happen through the day that are challenging and painful and I wanna be able to do that quickly. And if I do that on a regular basis, if I pray that every day like I really try to do and get in God's word, I feel like I'm gonna grow. But there's also another benefit. And if you look in your outline, there's a great verse in Psalms 46. It says this. It says, he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. Do you know what the word be still means in the Hebrew? It means to be cured, to heal, to have thorough and full restoration. Now, why would God want us to be healed? It's because when you go out tomorrow, you're gonna face a world that's challenging. And I know this because if you were to think about of your last week, think of the conversations you had this past seven days. Think about the things that happened in the past seven days. Think about the things that you weren't expecting that were curveballs thrown your way or attitudes or temperaments that you just weren't prepared for. You need healing time with that. And when we have a time with God, it allows us to pull away from all that noise and to say, God, can you heal me of that? What does your word say? What are the promises of that? We just did this. When we sang worship, do you remember the line you just sang? It was really cool. It said, God, I'm not enough. The world will tell you you're not enough, but remember the next part. Lord, I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? And when we invite God to meet with us, he says, you might not be enough, but I am. And not only will I make you enough, I will empower you and I will infuse you and I will pour into you in such a way that you will be powerful to go out the next day. So it's important that we have a consistent Bible time or time with God daily. The second is to attend church. Hebrews 10 says this, and let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other. Now, the cool thing about this is I'm gonna give you another definition. Look at the definition of, or look at the word provoke. When we think of that, I'm gonna tell you what it means. It means to irritate, but it means to irritate toward love, not irritate in a mean way, not irritate in an angry way, not irritate to make someone feel small. It's just the opposite. He wants us to provoke. He wants us to irritate in love to do good things. Now, I got a great example for you because if there's parents watching, and I know there's a lot, you do this all the time. When your child is sitting there on the couch, eating potato chips, watching TV, you irritate them when you say, you need to go do your homework. Maybe you shouldn't be eating chips. Have you done your chores? You're irritating them for love because you care about them. You're irritating them because you want them to do good things. Now, I'm gonna tell you, spouses do this all the time. My wife, told, I'm gonna tell you a story about my wife that irritates me, and she knows it. I told her I was gonna tell you. I suffer from a very intense condition called fashion colorblindness. I can tell you what the color blue is. I can tell you what the color red is. But if you put clothes on and there's colors, 
I can't see colors. And I know this because I will get dressed, I will come out and I'll show my wife what I've picked out and she'll say, that doesn't even match. That looks terrible. You need to go back and change. And I'll go change and she'll show me what to do and, and she fixes it for me. And you know, there's many times I leave the house, people go, yeah, that looks nice. And they're like, Kristen helped you with that, didn't she? And I'm like, yeah, I gotta tell you, it's irritating when she changes it, but honestly, she's really good at it. The few times I get up early, and I leave the house before she gets up. Actually, that happens quite a lot. You can usually tell who picked out the clothes. So we do that because she loves me enough to provoke me and to irritate me to say, you need to make wiser choices in your clothing. But we also do that here at church. If we're gonna provoke you, last week, Pastor Daryl did an amazing message on evangelism. Did it irritate you? Because it should, it should irritate you to say, I need to share my story. I need to tell people about Jesus. Pastor Howe next week is gonna be talking about our final um, core value of being in community. And he's gonna talk about getting into a group. And there are people who are gonna hear that and they're gonna go, oh, I hear that all the time. They always want us to get into a group. I hope it irritates you. Because if you get into the group and you see the power of what it's like to be in community, to know people that know their story and they know your story and they're praying for you and they're helping you go through life, there is power in community. I hope it irritates you to say, I'm gonna take that step. You see, that's the power of the church when we come together. It's to have that time of corporate worship. It's to hear the God's word through the messages, but it's also to irritate you to grow in your relationship with God the things that you wouldn't do in your own time with God. So Grace Family Church, what would it look like if we all made a commitment, if we started today to say, I'm gonna take my time and I'm gonna give it to God daily and in a regular attendance of church. The second part is our talents. I want you to grow your talents. Now, when I say grow your talents, some people are like, oh, we shouldn't say that because that makes us sound arrogant if we talk about how talented we are. Let me just dispel that myth really simply. God gave you those talents. When you look in the Bible and he talks about how he knit you in the womb, he knew you and he gave you every talent, every gift. And we don't need to brag about that, but you know what we do need to do with it? We need to steward it. We need to take that talent and say, how can I use it at the highest level? Let's look at Proverbs 22. It says, do you see a person skilled in his work? He will stand in the presence of kings. He will not stand in the presence of the unknown. When we steward our gifts at work or in our school or in the relationships we have, we are taking those gifts and we're saying, we're gonna take them to the highest level. And the God tells us that when we do that, we will exceed expectations and we will achieve high level results. It says you will stand in front of kings. You will stand at the high level when you hone your talents, when you get stronger in your talents, when you work on it and you bring that to your job. Do you want to know how, the, you, do you want to, know how, how to have the best year in your job? Know what your talents are and say, okay, how can I maximize these in such a way that people would not only see it, but it would bring those results? Because let me tell you, it says in the Bible, they will know we are Christians by, we, by our love. They should also know by how we work. They should also know by the attitude that we bring to the work and the talents that we bring there. And when, let me just share with you, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna share with you what we tell the staff at Grace Family Church. They're gonna put it up on the screen. It's in your notes. These four simple principles. We ask our staff to show up every day. 
And when, we, when they're not scheduled to work, we don't want them here. We want them to enjoy their families, be off and then get refreshed. Second, we want them to be on time. We want them to value other people's time. So be here on time. Number three is the one that's always challenging. Have a good attitude. It's not just challenging for the staff at Grace. It's challenging for all of us. We go through the, that's why that, that individual time with God is so important. So we can come in with a good attitude. And then the last one is do your best. I'll never complain when someone does their best. When they do their best, they've given everything they can, they've taken their talent and they served in such a way that really allows us to move forward. Now the same thing should apply to the church. So the next point is to serve others at church. First Peter 4.10 says this, just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others. That word serve means to wait upon as a friend. If we look around this room on every campus that you're at right now, you are surrounded by friends that are trying to understand more about God's character and his love for them. So how do we do it? We use it to serve other people as good stewards of the varied grace of God. I will tell you, Grace Family Church has a mission, and that is to reach Tampa Bay all throughout the different communities that your campuses are in and more to come with the love of God. And the way we do that is if everybody says, where can I find my place of serving? Where can I do, what can I do to be a part of this family so that we can reach people with God's love? And I'll make it really simple for you because I think a lot of times we try to make it hard. Can you tell a story? Can you hold a baby? Can you stand at a door and wave and smile and say good morning or good evening? Can you hold one of those really cool lightsabers like Darth Vader and wave and direct people in traffic? Can you listen to a group of seventh graders tell you what they're going through? Can you hug a neck? Can you listen to someone in a small group and say, I don't know what to do? And you say, I don't know the answer either, but we're gonna get there together. That's the power of Grace Family Church. We have an amazing staff. I am so humbled by the people that work at Grace Family Church, but I'm more humbled by the people who serve at Grace Family Church. The volunteers that come in when they've had their job and they've had their things going on in their life and they say, I will serve. And I wanna, I wanna point out two groups of people that I just, as I was preparing this, I feel like I really wanna challenge. If you're a parent, I wanna challenge you. One of the greatest examples that you can give your child in their relationship with Christ is yours. And I would encourage you at church to sign up and be a part of what they're doing, whether it's in the infant area, in the preschool, in the elementary area, in the junior high, in the senior high. They need to see you. You might not be in their small group. You might be over there checking kids in, or you might be helping lead worship. Or you might be running a camera. But when they see you're there, you're saying, this is so important to me that I wanna be a part of your growth in Jesus Christ. So parents, be a part of that. Our younger people are doing a great job of helping each other grow, but we need parents to be a part of that. The second group is men. And men, I love you. I love to see the men at Grace Family Church when they're serving, but I would love to see more men serving. And I'll tell you why. Because there is something powerful, not only about a child or a young person seeing their father involved, but there is something that makes a statement when a man gets involved and says, I'm gonna bring my talents. It is humbling when I walk down our children's areas and all of our campuses, and I will, I'll go and check out the children and I see a man in with our preschoolers, blowing bubbles, wearing funny hats so that they can see that God loves them too. 
It humbles me when I see a man sit in a small group, even though he's worked a long day and he knows he's got a long day tomorrow and he'll go to Courageous and he'll be there and he'll lead a table and he'll say, we can grow together. Everybody at Grace Family Church needs to take a step, but those two groups, I'm challenging you because if we're gonna be generational, if we're gonna be relational, if we're gonna be committed, if we're gonna be authentic, and if we're gonna be evangelistic, then we need to have everybody take a step and say, where can I be a part of Grace so that we can reach the Tampa community? So what would it look like if everybody at Grace did that? If everybody at Grace took a step, I'll tell you what it would look like. It would look like God would say, okay, now I can bring more people because you're ready for them. You have leadership ready to go. You have people ready to receive them in a small group. You have people ready to greet them when they come out the door. That's what's happened at Grace Family Church for 29 years, and there's so many more people to reach. The last point is our treasure. If you fill in the blank, it says, grow in valuing others. You might say, that's not really great grammar, but I wanted it to be that way because of this. To me, I wanted it to be an action verb. I want you to value other people in action. When we value others, we become generous. We go, it's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's what can I do to help somebody else? And when we talk about treasure, what are our resources? It could be finances. It could be other things that we have that are, we can make available to people. It could be our time. It could be our wisdom. I want you to hear a principle that's really important, at least it's in my life. You can write this one down if you want. The tighter I hold on to something, the more control it has on me. Let me say that again with a smile this time. The tighter I hold on to something, the more it has control on me. So I want to jump to the next line. It says personal giving. Okay, how does this apply to me personally? How can I become more generous? Read the scripture with me in Proverbs. It says, one person gives freely, yet gains more. Another withholds what is right, only to become poor. I want to read that to you again, and this time I'm going to read some key words with the Hebrew kind of translated out a little bit. It says this, one person scatters freely. So they're not just giving. Let's just imagine I have two handfuls of seeds, and instead of just saying, here you go, what I'm going to do is I'm going to scatter it. Have you ever seen someone scatter like this? That would be stupid. It's not going to go anywhere. But if I scatter, what I do is I go, okay, if I want it to be in this area, I let go of it. I let go of control of it. It's going to hopefully be in that right area, but I can't tell you where every seed is going to bounce. And God wants us to look at our resources and go, what can I do to scatter that so that more and more people will be affected by God's love? Now, what's fascinating about that is if you look at a seed and you hold on to it, it'll just stay a seed. But if you scatter it, what does that do? It grows into multiple plants. And that's the principle here. So one person scatters freely, yet continues to add what they had repeatedly. So what God says is if we scatter it, he's repeatedly going to give it back to you. He is promising that as we become more generous, he will refill the pot from which you gave from. Another refuses and restrains. They hold on to that seed and they're saying, this is mine. I'm going to hold on to it. Another refuses and restrains what is right only to become one who lacks. 
who wants, who lives in impoverishment. The principle of being generous and giving is counterintuitive. We don't, we're not wired that way. We're like, I need to take care of myself. And let me be very clear. I'm not talking about um, just being free willy with everything. What I'm talking about is, because it's, it's still important to plan, to save, to strategize, to invest. I am a big fan of all that. But here's what I will say. If I'm holding tight onto this, the more it has a hold on me, then, I, then more than I can use it. And God wants to use it. And when we do that, when we begin to value others, God begins to do something special in us. This was a big challenge for me growing up. Ironically, when it comes to giving to the church and it talks about tithing, I'm like, oh, it's in the Bible. Good, I can do that. But when it came to me, honestly, I was raised in a very frugal home. My mom and dad were awesome. They were so good at saving money and strategizing. But what it put in me was, I felt like sometimes I just go, God, I don't know if there's gonna be enough. And if I give to that person or if I give to that cause or if I give to that situation, there's not gonna be enough. And what God really did a work in me is he said, be generous. I'll give it back to you. And I will tell you, over time, I went through freedom. It was actually one of the things I covered in freedom. I know we have financial freedom, if that's an issue for you. But you know what's so amazing? It's true. The more I learned to be generous, and now Kristen and I, we pray that God would give us opportunities to be generous. And when people just give us those opportunities, we pray over them. If God tells us to do it, we do it. And if he doesn't, we're okay with that too. You see, when we become generous, we have resources that are going to affect others. The second part of this is how does it affect Grace Family Church? So let me read a verse to you. In 1 Corinthians 16, it says, Now regarding your question about money being collected for God's people in Jerusalem, you should follow the same procedure I gave to the churches in Galatia. Paul is talking about the fact that God had an amazing plan to have churches all throughout the areas in the, in the New Testament very much like Grace Family Church. We have uh, campuses all throughout the Tampa Bay area. And so what he's saying is, I need us to structure this so that there are funds and resources that the churches have so they can accomplish their vision. Same as Grace Family Church. So what he said in verse two is, on the first day of each week, you should put aside a portion of the money you've earned. If you believe in the vision of Grace Family Church, then I'm gonna ask you this. Everybody, in fact, let me just do this really quickly. Everybody, stand up. I know, it's not a trick question. And everybody sit down. The power of the podium, love it. Okay, so here's what's really cool about that. Someone believed in you so much that they believed in the vision of grace that someone gave so we could buy chairs for you to sit in so you could hear today's message. Someone believed enough in the vision of grace so that that person watching online could say, you know what? I, can now, I can't make it to the campus, but I can watch and be a part of what's going on. You see, when we give to the church, it is God's way of saying, here's the resources you need so that you can go out and share the gospel with the Tampa Bay area. And thank you. We say it every week. Thank you for the generosity of those who believe in the vision of grace so that 150 people can get saved, so that, so that we can do the things we are called to do as a church. What I love about that last part is this. It says you should put aside a portion of the money you've earned. We're not asking for everyone to do the same amount. We're asking everyone to do their part, just like serving, just like using your time. You know, we talk about tithing here. Pastor Craig does messages on that. That We believe as a church that tithing is 10% of your income, goes back to God, and somehow God makes up the difference. 
I can just say this for Krista and I. We've been doing that since we've been married, and we've been married for 35 years this year. And what's so amazing about that is that God, when we, it allows us to keep God first in our finances. And, and throughout all of our marriage, we've never missed a bill. We've never missed a payment. We've never missed a meal. And you might say, well, did you get everything you want? No, but I got far more than I imagined, far more than I ever expected God to do that. So what would your life look like if you were generous, if you valued people actively and were able to give of yourself and also to the church? I wanna close with a very simple example. In John 13, it says this, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and he had come from God and was returning to God. My small group and I were talking about this three weeks ago. We talked about what does it look like with Jesus when he's getting ready to go to the cross, he's ready to go and do what he has spent his whole life preparing for. And God tells him, you have all the power. You can do whatever you want. You see, Jesus is our example of serving. Jesus is our example of commitment. He was so committed to you that he went to the cross. But look what he did first. In verse four and five, it says, so he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into the basin and began to wash the feet of his disciples. Jesus was committed to you. Jesus was just told anything he wanted to do, he could do. Any name was gonna be below him. Any strength, uh, power was gonna be beneath him. Any sickness, any disease, death was gonna get beaten by him. He had the ability to do, to do whatever he wanted. And his first action was to serve. And you know why? Because he was committed to you. My prayer for us as Grace Family Church is that we would be committed to the things that God's asking us to be committed to with our time, our talent, and our treasure. I wanna pray with you real quick. Go ahead and bow your heads. There are some in this room right now that are saying, I don't know what it's like to even have that relationship with Jesus Christ because I've never made him my Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray right now that there are people in this room that are making decisions. Will you meet them right where they're at? Just like we just sang about, will you meet me here again? Will you meet them here and they say, you know what, I need to just pray this very simple prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I ask that you would forgive me. I ask you would cleanse me of my sins. And will you meet me right now as my Lord and as my Savior. Father, I pray for those people right now that we're gonna give them some instructions at the end, but they can start today. Just like Rosalind talked about in the video, they can start. It's never too late to start that relationship. And I pray for the rest of us as well, that we would make a commitment to look at our time, look at our talents, look at our treasures and say, they're not mine, they're yours and that we would take an active step today, maybe in one of those areas. Maybe we need to set aside some time and get with God on a daily basis. Maybe we need to sign up and be a part of something here at church 
Or maybe we need to work at something at work and use our talent there. Maybe we need to be more generous. God, you know the work that needs to be done in our heart today, but let every person who calls Grace Family Church their home make a commitment to honor you because you made a commitment to us first. And your love that we get to enjoy, we wanna share that with other people. I pray your blessing on Grace Family Church. In Jesus' name, amen. At this time, I'm gonna invite the campus pastors to come up and take you through your next steps. Thank you for listening to the Grace Family Church podcast. For more info, check out gfcflorida.com or connect with us by texting the word CONNECT to 81313. We look forward to meeting you at one of our locations soon.